HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. For more information, visit mofad.org. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Holy cow, it's a new year, 5777. Can you dig it? And we're back. Oh, my goodness, celebrating the lunacy of the era. Uh, Pete Zaremba called in. His dog ate his homework, apparently. And sitting in uh, the Derwood Kirby chair is our friend Rosie Shop. Hello. Who is both guest and co-host today. It's an honor. It reminds me, next time I need a co-host, I'm calling <laughs> you. Okay. Because rain, nor sleep, nor dead or night, nor uh, hangover will stop you. From I am undeterred. Undeterred. Rosie Shop, who's been here before. Maybe you remember her from her column, Drink, in the New York Times Magazine, and her fantastic book, Drinking with Men. Uh, men, I think, are going to be a topic of today's And I'm, today's I'm, show. I'm drinking with a man right now. If Pete were here, I would be drinking with men. Nice but, use of the subjunctive, by the way. Well, I, I, I pride myself in that. Not, don't, not don't. to use the past tense, because we're past tense, and we live in bungalows now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rosie's here, and we got a lot to talk about today. Um, I'm going to be atoning for our sins later in the week, or some of us yeah. are. Um, but uh, not to visit the sins of the candidate upon the electorate. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, uh, you going to be drinking during tonight's debate? I think it's going to be a big drinking night all around. <laughs> I have a feeling liquor stores are going to have a very good day. It's a good thing they're open on Sundays now. The incredible thing is that Donald Trump is sober. 
I mean, not sober yeah. in the sense that he quit drinking, but he's never been a drinker because I he know. saw alcoholism in his family and steered clear of that, which, which under normal circumstances would be a, a plus one. I would give him that in the, in the credit column. Maybe, but in his case... He speaks like a drunken frat boy. Yeah. There's no excuse. If he were drunk, it'd be like, okay, he was drunk. He doesn't know what he was doing, but he doesn't have that excuse. Right. Some have likened him to a drunken frat boy more, I think, to that embarrassing drunken uncle at a holiday dinner. Groping you under the table. Mm, right. Man, but he's setting an example. He is giving men a bad name. He sure is. Not that we need his help. <laughs> <laughs> so much to talk about today. Halloween's coming up. We have fall cocktails. It is a very scary season. It's my favorite season. Mine too. I love October in New York. There's nothing better. Whenever I have friends planning on visiting from afar, I say come here in October and you'll see New York at its absolute best and most beautiful. And what, what, do, what do you love most about Oh, the uh, autumn in New York is. Uh... You could sing. There, there might be a song about that. Uh, <laughs> why does it seem so inviting? Uh, I love the color. I love the cool air. I love the crispness. I love all the students with their backpacks heading back to school. Oh, boy, oh boy. Just the whole feeling love, of it. W- love watching the Mets collapse. Well, I don't love that so oh, much. Man, that but, was you a... know, wait until next year. <laughs> next year in Jerusalem. Yes. Um, well, the Mets didn't collapse this year. They, I would not call that the no, typical Mets. No. Listen, last year they went pretty far. They they did. They I mean, did. I mean, they got beaten up in the last round, but boy, oh boy, they're in the World Series. I, I know. No complaints about that. That was good baseball. Yeah. Um, and this year's, I mean, I mean, losing in the ninth inning, I mean, that hurt. But that's why baseball is the greatest sport of all time. The, we, the heartache? That's that's why? Well, no. Just, it's, <laughs> you know, people still understand it's boring. Nothing happens. Don't oh, understand oh, yeah. that this is the greatest narrative to build these moments of, like, unbridled tension. It is like the tension release in baseball is the closest thing to actual life. Yeah, well, you know, I, I love baseball, but as I think you know, I love soccer even more, and and for similar reasons. Um, you know, last year was historic in the English Premier League because of Leicester, this team coming out of nowhere and winning the league. Uh, That's Leicester with an I and a C? With a bunch of letters that, <laughs> that Leicester probably doesn't really need. Uh, but it was thrilling, and, and, there, and I, I feel like... Uh, the tension, the release of tension you describe uh, in baseball, we, we feel with goals in soccer often, I, I, a great release. I lived, I lived in Spain for a few years. I lived, lived in Madrid in the um, early mid-90s, and it was a great time if you were a football fan to be there. Barcelona was dominating um, the Spanish yeah. League, and Spain was dominating the European League with guys largely from the, the uh, Barca team. Uh, it was a really good time if you were in just becoming a fan because who's, do, who's you were dominating who? Oh my God, Zaremba! <laughs> I thought the, I thought the dog ate your homework. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I you know what? This is the magic of radio. I, I just, yes. I just want to. I, I didn't call to say hi to you. I want. I want to say hi to Rosie. Hi, Pete. Rosie, what, I miss you. What are you guys drinking? Well, right now I'm drinking a delicious <laughs> Bloody Mary, and I, I drank about two thirds and then added some beer. To make it like a Bloody Mary Michelada. The airport Michelada, as I like to call it. Hybrid, or what might... It's it's very nice. Yeah, it's delicious, but I I miss your weird, colorful cocktails. (laughs) <laughs> what, well, did you, what, what did you twirl last time? What poison were you It was blue. Spending? I just remember it was oh, a blue right. Curacao number. Was it a blue Curacao or was it, was it, or was it the celery with uh, Polish vodka? Ooh. That's right. I've had both. <laughs> that's right. I'm mixing them up. Now put them both together, and that's really a hell of a drink. And last year I was working on my own cocktail um, to answer for the dark and stormy, a summer drink. I was coming up with the fall version, the stormy weather. Oh, nice. The and there's always weather. a song. Isn't it though? Yeah. You, you, you were talking about southern Spain. Last night we were drinking uh, some Montilla Mariles. 
uh, which you probably uh, Fino. Mike probably. Some manzanilla, some vino fino, Mm. also known as uh, sherry here in the the Americas. uh, I I like sherry. I like like sherry very much. Rosie, you're a follower of cocktail trends and drinking trends, journalist for the New York Times magazine that you are. I'm going to stop you for a second because the truth is, I mean, I I feel some obligation to keep an eye on trends, but I really don't care about them. Um, trends aren't that well, interesting you know, to me. Anybody can buy fashion, but very few people have style. Correct. Um, nonetheless, Michael, well put. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I think she, was Sherry and Jerez Montana becoming more popular in the they last year or so, sort of coming to the forefront. They are, and, a, and a, a very nice book about Sherry came out about a year ago. Um, and I see sherry being used more in cocktails. It can mix very, very nicely. Um, but I think good sherry on its own is a real treat. I love light, dry, yeah. as an aperitif with some almonds, perhaps. Terrific. I mean, that's what I'm Now, about. Yes, the thing, the thing about this is it's not really a sherry because it's produced in Montilla. Ah. But, but it's the ancestor of sherry. You know, uh, I don't know. If, I, I don't. I could from this bottle. I couldn't say whether it's better or not. But it's, it is the ancestor. Uh, hence the Spanish word uh, amontillado. Oh, it's an amontillado, yeah. which is um, made in the way of Montilla. This right. is this is what like old ladies drink at tea time. This, and, is, and this, is, uh, this is an old lady. Old drink. ladies aren't wrong. <laughs> Some know? of my best friends. Well, yeah, honestly. <laughs> Oh, so look, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I'm, I'm using like modern technology here, like a satellite hookup. Where are you calling from exactly? Wheel. Where are you calling the from? Third Pete? wheel at this party. So, Mike, are we, are we later on? Are we going to do that song we've been working on? <laughs> yeah, working on. Yes, we. Uh, the, the Rolling Stones put, put it out. They're stealing our act, basically. You know. Um, tea leaves, I believe, is the English slang. They're a bit of a tea leaf. The Rolling Stones always have been, but um, they're stealing our act and doing a blues record. And We're going to jump they, on them. And um, they've taken our policy of not rehearsing and not writing new material. Was that a, and, little, a little Cockney rhyming slang? Tea leaf. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, and they put out a record, basically uh, little Walter songs and some Alan Wolf, and mining the same territory we've been uh, mining, basically the same stuff they did in 1963. This is what, what, what they're back, back at. So I thought we'd cover the new Rolling Stone single. We'll be the first ones to cover their song 50 years after they covered it. Well, we haven't rehearsed it, and we're going to do it via, via satellite, like Elvis. <laughs> satellite hookup. Where are you calling from exactly, like, Pete? Yeah, Live from Hawaii. You? You're, you're in Hawaii? Oh. You better not be in fucking Hawaii. <laughs> well, seriously, where are you? What's your excuse for not being here tonight? You sound good. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, this is what the debate's going to be like tonight. Around the corner. <laughs> Watch the rumba pivot. <laughs> I heard you had a problem with a tree or something in your front yard. I did have a problem. We had to have a tree cut down mm. by our tree surgeon. I've heard Dr. that story. Tree surgeon. Dr. Mike, Mike Root. <laughs> you know, I had my, my uh, family tree uh, searched, and I found out that I was the sap. Oh, <laughs> well, wow. You know what? The tree was dying, right? Like, so Mike oh, came sad. here and he said, "Look, he says I give this, I give this tree six uh, months. I want a second opinion. Bill, so we gave it another six months. <laughs> All right, we missed that Sputnik era <laughs> humor, Zaremba. Um, <laughs> oh man, everything's on delay <laughs> here today. So uh, back to the debate and drinking games and drinking and fall cocktails with our expert cocktailologist and journalist Rosie Shop." Uh, what are you going to be drinking during the debate tonight? And will you be playing a juvenile drinking game? 
I won't. You know, I feel that uh, there was a long spell when this all felt like a joke, a terrible joke. There was a time when I was voting for Donald Trump. No, this no, was a long no, time don't ago. Even, don't even. Well, no. I just figured if America wants a nightmare, who am I to stop them? But it stopped being funny it's, like in a very harsh way. That curtain came down hard and it, fast. It truly did. So I, I think it's actually quite a serious time requiring serious drink. And uh, as I think you know, I was in Scotland recently on a crazy whirlwind distillery tour. So I think uh, I think I'll just be drinking some nice, neat scotch this evening. Nice scotch. I, so where, where where were you in Scotland? I was. Where wasn't I in Scotland? It was a crazy. If it's Tuesday, it must be Orkney kind of adventure. <laughs> Um, and and Orkney was probably my favorite part of the trip. It is a it is a wild, windswept, beautiful place. So windy, trees cannot thrive there. Um, it is a treeless, bleak, beautiful island, and it feels very uh, heathen and very wicker man, which I love. And conducive to drinking. Conducive to drinking. Conducive to sacrifices. <laughs> Uh, there are these wonderful uh, Neolithic standing stones all over the island that long predate Stonehenge. Standing stones, you mean like Easter Island kind of stuff? Kind of, but not not carved. They're 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 very uh, they're just these very solid geometric forms that seem to pop up. Ancient all over. astronauts. Uh, <laughs> this is a topic that I I'm afraid has left the national conversation. And and, and while I couldn't bring oh, you. Maybe? And yeah, oh, you're you still are, here, Pete. Hi. No, no, he said ancient astronauts, and he said, what, me? <laughs> I was thinking more like chariots of the gods. Remember when we were kids, uh, and any time you saw something that couldn't be explained, obviously. Oh, ancient astronauts. It was right, extraterrestrials right. that, spacemen. you know, right. spacemen no, that came I, and taught I, the Egyptians math. I just think they were good old-fashioned heathen humans, and, and I couldn't bring you one of these multi-ton standing stones from Orkney, but I do have a little piece of onyx for oh, you. Oh, my goodness. Um, for the, for the Halloween the season. Yes. Um, and uh, I hope it will help deter negativity and help to protect you. Thanks, Rosie. You're this very is, welcome. This is like for real, like a very pretty, small, polished piece of onyx. Onyx, yeah. And um, wow, thank you very much. You're and very I'm gonna, welcome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on to this and hope that it does uh, ward off whatever. Trump. Whatever, it's ward off Trump yeah. and uh, a lot of fucked upness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I may use like a you may. spiritual term. Sure. I, I like it. Um, that is a spiritual term that seems very uh, germane to the goings on in we the are, world. We, I do feel that we are at the nexus of something horrible. I, I think many share that ominous, terrible, sinking feeling. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, the apocalypse does feel upon us I, in, in a weird sort of way. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, whether it's going to be an E-load, uh, an email, you know, dump, or yeah. it's going to be like war breaks out in the Middle East. I mean, I just feel like anything could happen. More at this point. war. More war. More war breaks More out. War. I feel uh, that Russia, somebody could pull the trigger quick before this election. And I mean the big trigger. I, I just yeah, don't know. I feel yeah. every no, day true. I wake up with a sense of uh, um, dread and anticipation of something awful. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I, either way, we're screwed. <laughs> We're going to play that Rolling Stone song later. <laughs> Make everything all right. Because you know what, Pete? Rock and roll cures all ills. Well, it helps, for it sure. Helps. It certainly helps. I think, I think one of those uh, the whiskeys from the Orkney Islands would probably help. Well, I'm I think it will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on that tonight, for sure. So, Pete, we got a new bartender back in the tent at Roberta's here. And this, this is the first 
old-fashioned he's ever made. It's remarkable. So it isn't really in the old-fashioned way. I tried to school him a little bit, um, and it's, it's pretty good. So there good. was no go, no go with Pogo, huh? Pogo's at the inside bar, and um, we got a, we had a new team at the, the outside bar in the tent. Uh, and he, he gave it, to train them. This is good. Well, I'm going I'm to uh, hit pause there for a second because... You know, it's interesting when people speak of the old-fashioned way to make an old-fashioned, they can mean two very different things. He means Jim Backus on an airplane, and it's a mad, 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 mad world. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. Which is great. Uh, but are, are we talking the, the version I was first taught at a small-town bar in Vermont uh, where you muddle the orange and the cherry together? He, he, he muddled. He did muddle. He muddled. Okay. That's the way they make it up here in Lakeville. Sure. And, and, ah, and uh-huh. So you're ah, in Lakeville. Right. We uh, somehow drew it out of him. Right. Right. Um, and then there's the no fruit way, which predates the muddled cherry and orange way. And I think both are great drinks. Um, and sometimes what the, I like is a kind of combo. Is, is you don't even put it in a glass. <laughs> <laughs> you put a sugar cube on your tongue with a just dash of bitters the and jug. then just drink the whiskey down. Well, I mean, let's, let's, last time you put a sugar cube on your tongue, was it really, <laughs> really an old-fashioned I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to answer every question on this program. Was, and, and was Jerry good that night? <laughs> Jerry was great that night. <laughs> I mean, actually, it was not his best era of the 90s, but it certainly had its moments. We, we talked a little bit about that last time you were here. The Grateful Dead was yeah. doing their one-time-only reunion show. Yeah, and I didn't go. And um, do you, do you e- miss, regret? Even, even though there was more than one time, as it turned well, out. Well, still playing. Bob Weir was playing down the street this yeah. week, and the Grateful Dead picked up with the same band, minus one guy. Yeah, and I think Phil Lesh was just at Coney Island. Uh, anyway, um, I didn't go, and I don't have huge regrets, but the following Tuesday when I was working at the bar, um, a lovely neighborhood regular came in, and she had just been, and she had this magnificent post Grateful Dead weekend glow. And she had had the greatest time ever. And, well, and, God bless her. And I hope everybody comes away feeling good. Yeah. I, got yelled at, I got yelled at this week by my, my lawyer. We're uh, having dinner. He said, you hate the Grateful Dead. You hate the Grateful Dead. No, you and don't. I'm like, no, I don't. No. And, and I actually... Well, you know, I, I did call Bob Weir the most useless man in rock and roll <laughs> in, my, in my first book. I, I mean, and, and, mm. and, and he is. I don't, he's, he's like, you know, you know what the Grateful Dead suck at? Rocking out. And he's the guy that wanted to, like, yeah. do, like, the, you know, like this frat boy sort of rock. What they're great at is singing ballads. They're great at being the country. Grateful Dead. I love the, I love country. the sort of country mode. I love the psychedelic mode. But rock and roll, no. No, um, they, they're and, not uh, great at doing that early Stones yeah, thing or Yardbirds. Yeah, they're, just, they're not. They just don't have the oomph and, and, and the, the right. burning, singing, <laughs> you know, guitar <laughs> tones to do it. But somehow they, I, I do love the Grateful Dead. I want to love them. Not well, you, you can you can love different modes of the Grateful Dead, as I do. I don't uh, love any mode. Of the well, Pete, Dead. you know, you're not here in the studio. Um, to make your case, because you're in Lakeville with your tree surgeon, um, <laughs> who probably true. does love the Grateful right. Dead. I, I have a I, feeling I, tree I, surgeons I have, I have love the dead. So I can say what I think. Yeah, you forfeited. You've, given, you, you've outed yourself as a bourgeois Lakeville tree <laughs> surgeon hiring motherfuckers, Rumba. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and I want to tell everybody that this week, Wednesday the 12th, I'm going to be at uh, the Bowery Electric celebrating Steve Blush's new book about New York, uh, um, New York rock and art, and it's a fantastic... 
new volume from the guy who brought you New York Hardcore. I'm going to be making a rare appearance with my band, the Edison Rocket Train, featuring D-Pop, who uh, you may remember from such bands as the Contortions, the Bush Tetras, and actually a very important but uncredited appearance with The Clash. And I say, if he's good enough for Joe Strummer, then he's good enough for me. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear the Edison Rocket Train right now. Here's a dose of that go-go gospel. You're going to hear it Wednesday night at the Bowery Electric. We'll be right back with Rosie Shop Pizza Rumba here on Arts and Seizures. There are over 50,000 Chinese-American restaurants in the U.S. That's more than three times the number of McDonald's. How did Chinese-American food become so popular? And what's the story behind our unique menu of dishes like egg rolls and general chicken? Brooklyn's Museum of Food and Drink is going to explain it all with our next exhibition, Chow, the Making of Chinese-American Cuisine, featuring tastings, beautiful artifacts, and live demos of a fortune cookie machine. Visit chow.mofad.org to learn more, get advanced tickets, and help us make this exhibition a reality. Again, that's the Museum of Food and Drink at C-H-O-W, chow.mofad.org. Oh, crazy, Daisy. And I, uh, the MOFAD, the Museum of Food Entrance, is fantastic. And uh, Zarembo, you might have something to contribute um, to the history of Chinese food, having just been in China. But... First, before that, our friend Rosie was just visiting the local Witchcraft Emporium. Yeah, I love it. One thing I love about coming here to Heritage Radio, uh, in addition to hanging out with you, Mike, um, I love Roberta's, of course. Uh, Well, I miss you, Pete. I've already said that. I really do miss you. You're Um, just a phantasm. But uh, also, my, my favorite little hipster witchcraft store, Catland, is just around the corner. And, and it's a place with a really nice feeling about it. <clears throat> so I always like to stop by there and get a reading or get some kind of little uh, tchotchke. Your, your onyx came from there. Um, so far, so good. No evils since you gave this to no me. No evils. Everything's since been great in me, the studio. Everything is fantastic. Um, so for the first time in, I don't know, nearly 30 years, I, I bought a new deck of tarot cards. Um, I haven't bought a new deck in so long. And I wanted one, something about the season. But, um, I, you know, this also gives me an opportunity to talk about two recent books that I really love. Um, one is directly connected to tarot cards in a way. It's Ruth Franklin's wonderful new biography of the great writer Shirley Jackson, most famous I for The Lottery. Love, I love Shirley Jackson. A brilliant writer um, who deserved a new biography, and, and Franklin's book is brilliant. And um, Shirley uh, Jackson read tarot cards. I didn't. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, and uh, she's, she, she's I mean, Shirley Jackson's a great a, a genius, and yeah. I don't throw that word around. And she really deserved this deep new consideration. And I also wanted to say how much I love your new book. Oh, that's uh, very sweet of you. Is, Thank you. Which doesn't mention tarot cards, um, but it's so uh, frank and heartfelt and funny. And um, I brought you a copy. That's so kind of you. Thank you. Um, and I love the title. You are a complete disappointment. I had, I had no, I had no idea that you you had read it. I'm very, very flattered. It's wonderful. And, and, and I did bring you a copy today because. Uh, 
I mean, not, not only you're a wonderful writer, but I know from the uh, essay you wrote about your father, Dick Schaap, famous uh, sports writer and editor of um, New York City, well, lovely uh, story about Muhammad Ali and that photo is, oh, by the way, that, yeah. fo- that photo is just out of sight. It, it is, you know, as I wrote. That is like, you were like the Nirvana baby. Yeah, it's and, my, <laughs> right. No, it is my prized possession. Uh, Mike's talking about a, a photo taken of Muhammad Ali and me when I was three years old before he went to uh, um, Congo for the Rumble in the Jungle. He didn't Zaire, really, then. He didn't really hate you, did he? Uh, very gently, which explains a lot. You um, know, I was since Muhammad Ali died. I've been watching the fights, uh, sort of like going through his career. They're all, all on YouTube, and yeah. um, I've, I've been watching them, and it, it, it's amazing the brutality of the the, the, yeah. Frasier, the first Frazier yeah, fight. Oh my yeah. god! Um, but I saw when he enters the ring. I've never seen a more beautiful man. I mean, I mean, it, truly, he's like he walked off of Mount Olympus that the gods delivered him. Yeah. And I'm trying to think it's of magnificent in. The mortal realm, the earthly realm. Um, Ted DiBiase, fuck off, Sarah. No we're talking, no one. we're talking like uh, an order of magnitude above man. anything. As, <laughs> as as much as I love the world professional wrestling, Ric Flair, the greats do not compare no. to Muhammad Ali. And no, no I, I, I tried to make a list, and here's what I came up with: of people okay. who are as beautiful as Muhammad Ali that we were graced with. I came up with Elvis Presley, Elizabeth Taylor, and Natalie Wood. Hmm. After that, I couldn't think of anybody else. You know, I, I'm not sure even they compare. He Maybe is Taylor. The way he just walks, he's a giant among men. That he radiates, he glows. His his, his face, his well, smile is so beautiful. The way his way, his shoulders are square. Well, that's it. His not, reach, his movement, his right. agility. It's not just the physical beauty; it's the illumination of that of that beauty by wit, by charm, by. Um, incomparable it, charisma. It's, it's it's a real, like, almost supernatural presence. Absolutely. I mean, just looking at photos of him after he died, I mean, the most photogenic human ever, it just, I think. Just, just, yeah. So here's, here's a sound I haven't made in a long time. Wait, do you hear this? The sound of a brand new deck of tarot cards being shuffled. Our listeners are more, more used to hearing, like... <laughs> like in a glass, right? Um, and this is a deck I've never, I've never had before. At my, at my peak as a, as a would-be um, teenage witch back in the nineties, um, I had a lot of different decks. I made a deck, but I never had the you Morgan made your own Greer. Cards? Oh, I totally did. That's, yeah. that's, that's a great project. That's they, wonderful. Yeah, I, I love the cards. I do too. I, I do too. I, 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 um, you know, I, I believe in them. And we were talking about um, Jodorowsky and what he had said about the cards. Yeah. If, if you know. They tell you about yourself. Yes, exactly. Okay, this isn't about fortune telling. This isn't about the gypsy at the corner who charges you five bucks. You know, this is the, the cards are, are, are really a wonderful thing. They yeah. are. They really describe. Well, as I've always said, it's it's about reading the person, and I and I started to understand more that. so than even the Mets <laughs> as a metaphor for life. <laughs> Right, although now I'm thinking a Mets tarot deck. Wouldn't that be you know, something? Or just a, a general baseball tarot you know, maybe, deck. Maybe, maybe if they had someone you yeah. know, pulling the cards before they went to the bullpen, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, that, that ball wouldn't have ended up in the seats. Yeah, um, it could help. Maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a nice deck. I'm just getting used to it. It, it has that new tarot deck smell. Um, <laughs> Does it feel good? Where it, feel- it feels good. Oh, yeah, it totally feels good, which is important, as you know. So it's probably um, a, a bit much to ask you to do a, to do a reading. To do but, a full but, reading, but, I couldn't do. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shuffle them for a bit, and then I'm going to hand it over to you, and you'll pick a card, and we'll see what comes of that. All right. Sound well, good? And come, comes to me. It sounds, okay. it sounds great. I'm, again, kind of uh, um, flattered and... I'm humbled so. by this whole experience. You know, next time I next time Zaremba calls it calls in, you know, sick. I'm calling you to be the co-host. 
<laughs> I'd be delighted. Okay, so you're going to pick a card. <laughs> you're in. By the way, that's a binding contract. All right, Mike Edison is picking a card. Okay. It's the, it's the Page of Pentacles. I'm oh, the Page of, of Pentacles. That's not the Jimmy Page, so calm down. Describe what's happening for the listeners, Mike. Right. Okay, so I've just handed, uh, I shuffled the deck. Um, I gave them a good... And I drew a card from his tarot and, deck. And Mike drew... Did he pick the fool? He did not, but, you know, the fool... I, I did when I hired right. you to be the co-host of Rumba. Uh, Are you ready to do that song? Because that song's still coming up. <laughs> uh, the Page of Pentacles. Um, I, you know, always think of... He's very good-looking. He's very good-looking, and he has a tremendously oh. jaunty, sort of velveteen-looking sh- chapeau. Is there a feather in that? There is a feather in his cap. Um, there's always something jaunty and kind of courtly about the pages. Pentacles, of course, are the earth... Um, the earth suit. There's something very earthy, very practical. Um, to me, it, uh, it, it, it sort of um, suggests a quest for greater um, grounding and practicality, greater attention to practical concerns. I would say this is very accurate. And, no. a, and, and, a, and a renewed commitment to dealing with that stuff. I, this is very accurate. And here we are, I mean, I mean in, the, in the Jewish New Year, we're in, the, yeah. we're in that week between Rosh Hashanah and uh, Yom, Yom the, Kippur. Um, we're full of awe. Where, where I, I, it is the days of awe, yes. and I have been trying to spend time uh, reflecting a little bit. And yeah, I find it very helpful this season. A little, for that. Co- a little course correction is always welcome. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I think I need both to be uh, regrounded in practicality. Mm-hmm. I think the IRS would agree with that assessment, um, but also trying to recharge myself in, mm-hmm. in the creative realm. Yeah, no, I mean to me that's uh, something the pages are about. Um, you know, they're also there to assist. They're not the big guy. Um, they're not a king or a knight. So being helpful to others, I think, is part of this, being a kind of guide where you can. But it's good. I think a page, uh, and especially the nice, earthy, solid, grounding pentacles, I think it's a good card for this season. I think, I think it's great, and I'm going to think about this. Terrific. And, and I will. I will, I will definitely um, be thinking about this. Uh, we, we all... Um, yeah, assist others and be kind to others. I think I think that's the imperative. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I honestly do. And um, if if I had you know you know to pick one thing that upsets me more about Donald Trump, just to bring it back, oh, the, so these much. vulgar earthly concerns. Well, it's it's not his the, the language. I mean, what am I going to be upset? I worked for Screw. I worked for Hustler. <laughs> I mean, I've said things a thousand worse, but I've never promoted violence or assault on women. I mean, I've I definitely also I'm not running for president. And also, I. Was working for Screw Magazine, which I'm very proud of, and I own it. And I think anything can be funny in yeah. context. Yeah. You know, as yeah, he's well, not funny. He's not funny. Not you at can all. say anything you want. He's deadly fucking serious, yeah. and it's really like kind of horrifying. It is. Um, oh, but the, but the, the thing that really upsets me mostly is this lying about charity. I got to say, this we weren't upset about that. That someone like gives him money that he says he's going to give to veterans, and he ends up. Like paying his own legal bills, buying with a it. painting because that's himself. that's 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 a grift. That's yeah. that's swindling. Yeah. That's it's, that's it's a thief. It's theory. Yeah. You know that that you know. I don't give a shit if a guy talks locker room talk. I do. I can't stand that he pressed himself on a woman. Well, when it's about assault, th- that assault yeah. is something else. Dirty talk is one horrible. Of it's horrible. Yeah. Well, he's horrible from the you yeah. know, top of his cowboy hat to the bottom of his cowboy shoes. Yeah, as some someone once said. But um, lying about. Charity is like to me. To me, that that sort of I do feel that it is all of 
are imperative that those of us who are more fortunate, here's Mike Edison getting on his arts and seizure soapbox, but you must take care of those who are less fortunate I agree. than us. And this is coming up to Yom Kippur. I think about this all the time um, in in the Jewish tradition, it's called tzedakah, yeah. uh, which, but it's what, it's what we do. Yeah, it's we, a, it's we a help, pillar of, we, we help of what people. we do. It's what we do. And now, Zaremba, in the spirit of tzedakah, I'm going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Help me, Mike. I'm gonna, this me. is your star turn, okay? Um, it's been the fastest half hour on the internet today. I can't believe we've blown by 30 minutes, and I'm going to break my own rule. We're going to go over just because, Pete, I... We've been working so hard on this. When I say worked hard on it, I mean, we listened to the song once this morning, and then you worked so hard on not showing up today. So we're going to do this song over I, the radio. I actually printed these lyrics out, Mike. You did. Let's see. Was my guitar even on? Did I turn it off? Sounds good. There you go. So this is, uh, once again, though, let's hear it for Rosie Shep, who I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of. If you Thank keep... you so much. Always a pleasure to see you. Likewise. Thank you so much for uh, the Onyx, which I'm, I'm feeling very good about, the Page of Pentacles, which I'm going to meditate on. Don't forget, check, look for Rosie in the New York Times Magazine to read about Trink. Find her at her bar south in Park Slope. She will mix you a fabulous cocktail, make an old-fashioned, the old-fashioned way, <laughs> or otherwise. <laughs> If that's what you prefer, really happy to see you here today. We're gonna have, you, after Mike. this, we're going we're gonna to go have a pizza uh, in the tent. Um, thanks to Dave in the booth, of course, and Zaremba. So the Strong Stones. Mike, I do miss the pizza, I have to say. I do miss the pizza. You do miss the pizza. You just say that because you think you're everybody's favorite pizza, Pizza Rumba. Did I make the joke about the sap and the tray I did? All right. <laughs> Pete, did you take a shower today? Try that again. Pete, did you take a shower today? There was one missing. All right. Hey, how was your Rosh Hashanah so far, Mike? So far, so good. There you go. Now we're going. All right. So this is actually, the Rolling Stones actually made a new record. They're stealing our act, basically. Uh, they've been clearly listening to Arts and Seizures and... Um, they're doing a song of all blues songs, so uh, we thought we would cover the new Rolling Stones single, which has been out for all 48 hours. Of course, it's actually been out for 55 years. Um, but, uh, Through the miracle of satellite. What's old, satellite is, what's old is new again. All right, once again, thanks to Rosie Schapp and everybody out there in Lister Land. Next week, we're coming back with a Borscht Belt special. Next week is the Borscht Belt. You should, you should come. Rosie, yeah, I love the Borscht Belt. I love Borscht. You love Borscht? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I will bring Borscht. I will spike it with vodka if you <laughs> promise to come. <laughs> All right, Pete, right here we're going to go out. Arts and Seizure, we'll see you next week.
I'm just your fool. I'm just your fool. Can't help myself. I love you, baby, and no one else. And I am crazy. You're my baby. I'm just your listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.